What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Mind for Muscle podcast. I am your host, Nick Boletto, and today I'm going to be talking to you guys all things supplements. Supplements are the thing that I get asked questions more often than any other topic. I posted on my Instagram story the other day the little like question box because it had been a couple days since I had been on there and I really just wanted to jump on and help some people out with some things. And I think like two or three of the questions that I got asked were about supplements, which there was no other repeat topic. So that just goes to show that supplements are something that you guys are really interested in about. And I can totally relate to why that is because not too long ago, I was that guy. I was that guy who thought that supplements were going to be the thing to turn my life around. And it's funny because I think everybody in the fitness industry says that. Um, and I don't know whether or not it's really that true for everybody else in the fitness industry, but I know I literally was so bought into supplements. I mean, the videos and the advertising, the marketing that supplement companies come up with is just so good and it's so convincing. Like they, you know, I was at that time, I was an exercise science major. I was in university when I was going through this period of my life. And like, I knew a thing or two about reading research and I knew a thing or two about, you know, what made sense as far as what was going to help the human body out. And there was this one supplement company that is still around. And don't get me wrong, I actually did like the supplements that I took from this company. Uh, but the company was called Blue Star Nutraceuticals. And their marketing and advertising was just like, it was directly aimed at somebody like myself. Somebody who knew a couple of things, but just not nearly enough to not spend all of their freaking money on these supplements. So they always like in the kind of FAQ of their supplements, they would have studies published where they looked at the specific ingredients in their supplements. And so I would like look at that and I would say to myself, oh my God, like this supplement has studies done on it. Like it is, it is proven that it works and it increases testosterone by 300% and it increases power output by 110% and holy shit, this is going to be the thing that completely transforms my training and my physique and I was just so convinced. I was so convinced and so I really just want to be able to save you guys from that because I don't even want to think about how much money I've spent on supplements. I still spend a decent amount on supplements like just thinking off the top of my head, I probably do spend, um, let's say, like between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars a year on supplements. Um, however, I was spending a lot more than that when I first got into fitness and I didn't have any sort of income. I was just a college student and I have no idea where I was even getting the money from to spend on these supplements. But uh, I was probably spending like a few hundred dollars a month on supplements uh, when I first got into that. And it didn't do much for my physique. You know, I didn't really make that much progress, especially considering how new I was to weight training. All I had to do was go in the gym and lift weights because I was so new to it back then. Uh, so for you guys listening who are complete beginners, just go ahead and turn this episode off. 
uh, and and just leave right now because you don't need supplements at all. If you've been training less than a year, even less than two years, like you really don't need supplements. Uh, in in general, you don't need supplements. Supplements are going to make up for about five percent of your total results. Uh, and that's your total results just for nutrition. So when you take training into consideration and stress management and sleep and just your overall recovery, uh, how you're writing your program and everything, supplements are going to make up a couple of percent at most. Um, so even if you are an intermediate or advanced trainee who's been training for several years, supplements are going to help they're going to add that extra one, two, maybe as high as 5% extra, uh, you know, which, you know, if you were a, a decent student, you know, let's say you got an 88 on exam, well, an 88's a B plus, 5% extra would make it a 93. Hey, that's a solid A. So that 5% is worth it potentially, um, but it's not if you're brand new to the gym and it might, it's not necessary, but it might be worth it to some of you. So, I'm going to try to save you guys from spending hundreds of dollars a month, several hundred dollars a month, and just go through with you guys what the absolute bare minimums are as far as supplements that I think you should take. Uh, I'll talk to you guys about some other things that I sort of prescribe to my own clients and talk a little bit about what kind of doses you should, you should be using them as in as well. Sorry, stumbling over my words tonight. And I'm also going to go through a specific process that you can go through yourself when evaluating whether or not you want to buy a specific uh, supplement or if you want to kind of branch out for my recommendations and look into other things as well. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to jump right on in here to the top supplements that you should be taking. So the first one is protein. Uh, which I hardly even consider this a supplement, but by definition, it is. Uh, and again, supplements are something that are supplemental to your diet. Uh, it's very important to state right off the bat here that you definitely can get everything from, the, from whole foods that you need in your diet. So without, you know, it's very easy to get enough protein in your diet without protein powder protein powder, no matter what the claims are from the supplement industry, is not magical. Now, some protein powders might have, uh, they might be fortified with vitamins and minerals. They might have some other supplements in them. Uh, obviously, potentially having a casein protein powder, which the difference between casein and whey and isolate is basically just the speed of digestion and absorption. So, uh, protein isolate is going to be digested extremely quickly. Your more like standard base whey protein is going to be quick, but not quite as isolate. And then a casein protein is going to be kind of a slow digestion uh, protein, which you might consume like at night or something so that you have kind of the slow release of protein throughout the fasting period while you're asleep. But anyways, like I was saying, no matter the claims, protein powder is not magical. If you are deficient in protein or you just want an easy protein source, protein powder can help you. It's especially convenient post-workout as you may not be hungry for real food, but you may want to have some sort of bolus of protein following hard training. 
so protein powder can definitely be uh, very useful and like I said, that's kind of the number one supplement. I hardly even consider it a supplement because I can't tell you the last time a day went by where I didn't have at least a scoop of protein because uh, quite frankly, I don't want to eat that much you know, meat and eggs and all these other things that are the main protein sources. Uh, especially when I'm dieting and I want to be consuming even more protein. If you're like a larger dude, you know, I'm 200 pounds. So I try to consume between like 200 and 225 grams of protein a day. That's pretty hard to do from whole foods. It's not impossible, but it's pretty hard. And so protein powder allows me to do that and stay on track with my goals. So that is number one. My number two supplement for you is caffeine. So whether you get it through an energy drink, coffee, a pre-workout supplement, it doesn't matter. Although there is some interesting research about the health benefits of coffee coming out that may suggest otherwise. I'm convinced that there's confounding variables though. But anyways, that's not where we're getting into. We're talking about caffeine. Caffeine is one of the most researched ergogenic aids and it's basically guaranteed to boost your performance. It also can help with appetite suppression increased motivation and increasing pain tolerance so uh, you know we can build up some lactic acid during really hard training so a little bit of caffeine can decrease that pain tolerance can increase your motivation and help with appetite suppression so if you're dieting caffeine can be your best friend because you're not always going to be motivated when you are trying to get to those low body fat percentages and you're going to be having some troubles with appetite so a little bit of appetite suppression can go a long ways research has shown that four to six milligrams per kilogram of body weight seems to be the golden zone of caffeine consumption to improve performance using myself as an example i weigh like i said right around 90 kilograms this would mean 90 times 4 is 360 90 times 6 is 540 so somewhere between 360 to 540 milligrams of caffeine for enhancing performance note however that if you are also supplementing caffeine for tiredness for example you drink a cup of coffee in the morning before work you should probably decrease your caffeine usage pre-workout so four to six milligrams per kilogram of body weight should be like the total that you have in a day uh, and then one to three milligrams per kilogram of body weight is a great dosage for combating tiredness. So if you were to have two milligrams of per kilogram of body weight worth of caffeine from coffee in the morning, I would not exceed four milligrams per kilogram of body weight worth of caffeine pre-workout. So let's say you're going to have maybe a really big cup of coffee or maybe even two cups of coffee and it comes out. For me, again, a 90 kilogram dude, uh, we're talking 180 milligrams, then I would make sure that I'm not consuming more than 360 milligrams of caffeine uh, when it comes to my pre-workout. But those are kind of the ranges to live in. So for tiredness, one to three milligrams per kilogram of body weight. And then for either performance enhancement or just kind of your total intake should be four to six milligrams per kilogram. I would try not to consume any more than a gram in a day. A gram is sort of the point where you start to have like some heart arrhythmias, not true arrhythmias that are like chronic, but you may have like some acute kind of, you know, sweating and pounding of your heart. 
10 grams, I believe, is what is the lethal dose. So as long as you're not consuming anywhere near 10 grams, which you would really have to screw up pretty badly with like pure caffeine powder to consume 10 grams, uh, I think that you're going to be okay. Like I said, if you keep your consumption under a gram in a day, you're going to be just fine. Four to six milligrams per kilogram of body weight uh, for performance enhancement. One last thing that I'll throw in about caffeine is timing in relation to bed. So caffeine has a half-life of four to six hours. This means that it takes about four hours for half of the caffeine that you consumed to be metabolized. So uh, four to six hours is the half-life. That means that you probably want to stop consuming caffeine like eight to 12 hours prior to bed. That means that 75% of the caffeine that you consumed will have been metabolized uh, with the half-life being four to six hours, potentially even a bit more than that if it's more like four hours for you. Kind of depends on your own tolerance and how well you metabolize caffeine. Um, but with that being said, I have a personal rule for myself, which I talked about in the episode where I talked about my code, uh, where I don't consume caffeine within eight hours of bedtime. So uh, if I'm trying to get to bed by 11 o'clock every day, I don't consume caffeine after 3 p.m. That's my personal rule that I try to follow. And I would highly suggest that for you as well. Uh, so if you're somebody who trains after work and you want to have that pre-workout, maybe look into uh, finding a pre-workout that you can take that has that dose of caffeine that's going to improve your performance, but maybe doesn't have some of those other things that make you feel like you're going to explode, namely niacin and beta alanine are the two ingredients that give you those tingles. You know what I'm talking about? Um, so I would maybe kind of try and find something that uh, doesn't have that in it. Um, but you can still have that caffeine. So maybe you could drink it while you're still at work instead of waiting until like four or five o'clock when you're getting to the gym. Uh, other options for you as far as pre-workouts go is to find something that doesn't have caffeine in it. Um, you know, especially for anybody whose main goal is to build muscle or just achieve your best physique. You might not need caffeine necessarily. You might get away with just having like a pump product or something, but if performance is your goal, that's not to say that strength athletes or physique athletes rather shouldn't be training for performance. Uh, but if performance is your main goal, uh, you probably need the caffeine. And so I would look into maybe just drinking more coffee or caffeinated beverages throughout the day and just in general trying to stay away from drinking caffeine too close to bed as it will definitely negatively affect your sleep. Uh, which will negatively affect your recovery. And the only way to get more jacked and stronger is to recover from training. So we don't want to do that. With all that being said about coffee, let's move on to number three. This is the last of the big three supplements that I think pretty much everybody should just plan on having on hand, and that is creatine. So phosphocreatine is one of the body's four main energy systems, and it is what your body uses for short-duration, high-intensity exercise, so basically weightlifting. Short-duration being like 10 seconds or less, maybe uh, as much as 30 seconds, and high-intensity, I mean, pretty much any kind of weightlifting that you're going to do is high-intensity relative to the entire spectrum of exercise, but... 
So because of that, because phosphocreatine is what is used for weight training, it only makes sense that creatine supplementation would boost your performance. On average, you consume and your body produces a combined two grams of creatine per day. So it's important to note that creatine is in food that you're probably already consuming. Uh, there's uh, pretty good quantities of creatine in like red meat, especially, um, but you know, all foods or not all foods, but throughout the day, uh, your body produces creatine and then you're also going to consume some and you're going to consume a net worth or a net amount of two grams per day just by eating and existing. But your body also excretes two grams of creatine per day uh, through your urine. So your net creatine is zero grams if you don't supplement at all. Go figure, right? How about that? The body is smarter than we give it credit. You eat and eat and produce two grams a day, and your body excretes two grams per day. How about that? So we are going to supplement with creatine in order to make that not zero grams per day. Uh, so for anybody wondering, you may have heard that you should do a loading cycle or that you have to do a loading cycle, and you most certainly can. A uh, proper loading cycle would be 20 grams per day for five to seven days, and then you would just consume three to five grams per day for maintenance. Uh, there's Research has shown that there's no long-term difference between a loading cycle and then maintenance versus no loading cycle at all. The only difference is that the loading cycle gets you results faster. So instead of it taking a month for creatine to saturate and start getting results from it, uh, it might only take a week for it to saturate and start getting results from it. So if you're maybe prepping for a powerlifting competition and you want to start you know, being able to get the most out of your training ASAP, then maybe doing a loading cycle would be beneficial. Other than that, though, I don't think there's really good reason for uh, a loading cycle. Uh, you may need to really pay attention to how much water you're consuming uh, to kind of help with the saturation of the creatine if you're going to do a loading cycle. Uh, I've heard lots of people talk about uncomfortable bloating and just feeling like this uh, kind of just tired, general tiredness, and just not feeling great when they're in the gym and stuff um, when they're going through a loading cycle of creatine. So in general, I would just be careful with doing a loading cycle. Not that I think it's going to have any really long-term bad effects on you, but, uh, it could, you know, it could cause some discomfort that I don't think is necessarily worth it unless you really need the loading cycle. Like if you're deciding to start taking creatine and you're sitting like eight weeks out from a powerlifting meet or something, uh, otherwise you can just wait the month like everybody else taking three to five grams per day. Uh, a lot of people will also say that they've heard that you have to cycle off every few months. Uh, so here's the issue with creatine is that it hasn't really been used that long uh, as a supplement. And so we don't really have a whole lot of studies that have studied the long-term effects. Um, so it, it, research in general is fairly new on the subject and studies just haven't been around long enough to conclude that there are negative long-term effects. But generally we we as the the field the scientific field and in, in supplementation we don't feel like there seems to be any negative effects long term 
So in other words, there's no reason to ever come off creatine. It's not a steroid. You don't have to come off of it. Now, if you do want to cycle off of it for whatever reason, I have no idea why you would, but if you want to, the washout period for creatine, uh, aka like the amount of time it takes to get all of the creatine out of your system after you've been taking it for a prolonged period of time, is about four weeks. So if you want to do a washout and you're not doing it for at least a month, you are wasting your time. You might as well just keep taking creatine at that point. So... With all that being said, you can load it if you want to, but in short, I would suggest just taking three to six grams of creatine per day if you want to actually calculate how much you, sh you should take, you the individual. Uh, there is a specific amount. Go ahead and grab a pen and paper. I'll wait a second. You got a pen and paper? All right, here we go. You're going to consume 0.043 grams per kilogram of body weight if you want to actually calculate the specific amount. It's one of the most researched and proven ergogenic aids. There are no long-term health risks that we know of. You don't have to do a loading cycle, and it's also extremely cheap compared to most supplements. I think I spent like $20 on a container of creatine like in 2017, and I still have it to this day. Uh, a couple other options for creatine, you might be able to get it through your protein powder. So I know that at least the Optimum Nutrition uh, Serious Mass Mass Gainer that I use has 3 grams of creatine per serving, I believe. Uh, a lot of pre-workouts also have 3 to 5 grams of creatine in them. So uh, at least on the days that you're in the gym training and using your pre-workout, you might not have to take creatine. Um, but in general, I would just, you know, get it because it's cheap. It is really well researched. It's really well proven and supported. And, you know, as far as we know, there's no long-term health risks. So take your creatine. Now, with all that being said, we'll go into some potentially useful supplements. So that was kind of the big three is protein powder, creatine, and caffeine. Uh, here are some other supplements. Some of these are more health-related supplements that I think more or less really everybody should be taking, but some of them are supplements that have some research, some proven efficacy, but not quite the body of research that things like creatine and caffeine do. So without further ado, we'll go into those. Uh, multivitamin, first and foremost, uh, I think that pretty much everybody should take like a low dose, like a one-a-day type multivitamin. Do not take those like GNC, like animal packs that sound like super tough and like way over, over the limit of what anybody would possibly need. And that's because they are, they provide way more of certain things that you would ever need and way less of certain things that you really do need. So the low dose multivitamin, I, it pretty much hits like every vitamin and mineral that you really would want. And I think that it gives at least like 10 or 20% of your daily value on the low end. And then it goes as high as like maybe even a little bit over 100%. And yes, you know, vitamins, uh, most, most vitamins are water soluble, meaning that they don't get stored in the body. And so that means that you're just going to end up excreting them via your urine. Uh, so a multivitamin has been talked about as basically just making your pee really expensive. And that is true to some extent. However, 
they're pretty cheap i bought them just the other day and i believe it was less than twenty dollars for 200 tabs uh so i don't i can't do that math right now because i've been working all day my brain's not working properly but that's pretty cheap it's less than a dollar for or it's way less than a dollar it's like 10 cents a day or even a cent a day again i can't i can't move the decimal over in my mind it's just not working right right now but anyways Take a multivitamin because why not get you those vitamins and minerals every single day. Uh, and then, you know, obviously the fruits and the vegetables and the other whole foods that you're going to be eating are going to help hit your micronutrient uh, totals for the day that you're aiming for. Another useful supplement is vitamin D. Uh, so vitamin D is something that we in America and in the more first world countries have a pretty common deficiency in. We are spending more and more time inside because who the fuck wants to go outside? I don't know about you where you live right now, but it's freaking cold outside and I don't want to spend any more time outside than I absolutely have to. Even in the summertime, you know, with online fitness coaching being my, my job, what brains in the dough, I don't have to go outside hardly ever and I have to spend a lot of time on a laptop. I don't have one of those fancy laptops that you can see in the sun. So anytime I want to do work on my laptop, I can't be outside to do it. So I don't get a whole lot of vitamin D. Uh, however, before I tell you how much to try and supplement with, I will say that the only way to know if you have a vitamin D deficiency or if you need the supplement with vitamin D and then also how much to supplement with is to get a blood test done. I have not gotten a blood test done, and so I'm doing something slightly irresponsible by supplementing with it. However, uh, I am white. I know that people with darker skin, they can't supplement with, or they are a lot less safe to supplement with vitamin D. But I'm a white dude who really never goes outside, so I'm pretty confident that I can supplement with a pretty low dosage at least and be safe uh, I've noticed that I do just generally feel better since I started supplementing with vitamin D. Again, I don't know for sure that it's that, but I did see a trend where my mood improved. Um, other kind of side effects that you can see if you uh, supplement with vitamin D, you might have an increase in lean mass and testosterone. Uh, testosterone, of course, is correlated with improved mood which is why I said that I do feel like I've been feeling better. Uh, so if you're somebody who maybe struggles with seasonal depression, uh, vitamin D might be something. Vitamin D is the reason that you struggle with seasonal depression or one of the reasons at least uh, because vitamin D is correlated with testosterone. Testosterone is correlated with being in a good mood. So when you're low in vitamin D because you're not getting it from the sun by going outside, Supplementing with a little vitamin D can improve your mood. Studies have shown 2,000 to 4,000 IU per day uh, helps with that increase in lean mass and testosterone. Generally speaking, somewhere between 1,750 and 7,100 IU is kind of the effective range for supplementation. Uh, as little as 1,000 IU a day could make a difference if you have healthy vitamin D levels. Again, I don't know what mine are. I personally supplement with 2,000 a day because I feel like it's a pretty low dose. It's probably safe for somebody who 
doesn't go outside ever, and a white again. So this is going to be very dependent on you. Definitely, definitely do the responsible thing and get some blood work done. Uh, your insurance will probably cover it for free, but even if you can't get it covered by insurance, uh, it's usually pretty cheap. The only reason it wouldn't be cheap for you is if you had to go through like an outside sketchy third party because you're on the sauce, but uh, not saying anything about being on the sauce. It's totally cool. I get it. But, um, you know, if you are a natural athlete, uh, you should be able to get a blood test done for free or very low cost. And you can figure out what your vitamin D levels are. I am going to get a uh, blood test done very soon. I asked for one for Christmas, but I didn't get it because my parents thought it was weird. So I'm just going to have to pay for it myself. No big deal. Um, but I will make sure that I do a podcast actually on my blood blood test results when I do do it. In fact, there is somebody that I really want to get on the podcast to talk about my blood test results, but we'll see if I can get them on or not. The next supplement, moving on, is fish oil, EPA, and DHA. Pretty easy here. You want to have one to three grams if you're not regularly eating fatty fish. So if you're eating salmon or other fatty fish like two, maybe three times a week, probably don't need the supplement with fish oil. Again, really the only way to know if your fish oil levels are or your EPA, DHA levels are sufficient is to get a blood test. But one to three grams is pretty safe. Uh, be sure to actually check the omega-3 content on your supplement. So uh, like the supplement that I use is, I believe the company is called Innovix Labs. Uh, and the supplement is pretty much one gram per pill. So I take two pills per day. Again, just put myself right in the middle of that range, two grams per day. Um, but if you're just getting like some sort of I don't know, like a cheap brand, like I can't even think of the different brands, but if you just go to Walmart and buy some like whatever fish oil supplement, you might have to take like four or six pills to get between one and three grams. Uh, so make sure that you're looking at that and you're not just taking what it tells you to on the side of the bottle. You want to get one to three grams, so make sure you're getting it. Uh, another supplement that might be helpful is beta alanine. Beta alanine, uh, you take in, you take the same amount of beta alanine as you would creatine. So again, that's 0.043 grams per kilogram of body weight. Beta alanine is the stuff that makes you feel tingly. Uh, so it, a lot of supplement companies will put it in their pre-workouts because a lot of us have been kind of uh, taught that we need to have beta alanine. However, uh, the research has shown that it's really only helpful if you're performing high-intensity interval training, if you're doing long-duration endurance workouts, or if you're doing like super high repetitions. So you need to be doing like continuous exercise for at least 60 seconds straight for beta alanine to really have a substantial difference in your results. So if you are regularly training with 15 plus rep sets, Beta alanine may be good for you, but otherwise, beta alanine is probably pretty overrated. I would stay away from it. And the last supplement I want to cover is citrulline malate. So citrulline malate is going to help reduce fatigue and enhances the pump. You want to take 6 to 8 grams pre-workout. Uh, it may also reduce muscle soreness. However, uh, some recent research has been coming out. I believe there was a meta-analysis done on kind of all of the studies that have looked at citrulline malate. And 
The results of the study show that there really wasn't much of a difference between groups that took citrulline malate and groups that didn't. Uh, so essentially, it didn't really follow up those claims of reducing fatigue, enhancing the pump, and reducing muscle soreness. From a theoretical and physiological level, it definitely should be doing those things, but whether or not it's actually effective at doing those things, it may or may not be. So if you're going to buy a pre-workout supplement, I would probably look for one that has citrulline malate in it uh, because it's probably helpful. However, I if you don't want to spend the money on a pre-workout and you just want to get caffeine and creatine in, I don't think that citrulline malate is something that it's worthwhile to buy on its own. So that's kind of my thoughts on citrulline malate. So those are all the supplements that I would ever kind of prescribe to a client or really talk about as far as things that I think are helpful. Now, I briefly want to go through, because we're already getting pretty long into this podcast at this point. This is uh, going to be my longest solo episode, I think. But now I want to go through a process with you guys to actually buy supplements of your own. Because for a lot of these things, you may or may not be buying like single ingredient supplements. Uh, another thing to take into consideration is that not all supplements are made equal. So I'm going to tell you guys exactly how to follow this process through and get good quality supplements that are actually going to provide you with what they say they will. So the first thing that I'll talk about is just going on like bodybuilding.com or some sort of supplement source that has like a ton of different brands. So it's rare that you ever want to buy from the actual brand themselves because their website and their advertising and their marketing and their information is going to be extremely biased. So going back to the beginning of this episode where I talked about buying from Blue Star Nutraceuticals and how everything was so shiny and so well-backed by science, quote-unquote, uh, you know, that's what every single supplement company's website is going to be like. It's going to be very convincing that their stuff is the real stuff and it's the best stuff, but that's probably not the case. So try to buy from like a third party if possible. Bodybuilding.com has like every supplement ever. Uh, so that's kind of just like where I would have you start. So, and, and then other cool thing about bodybuilding.com, or at least it, this was true the last time I was on there, but you could search for certain things by ingredient. So for example, if you wanted a pre-workout that had citrulline malate in it, you could, uh, kind of choose the pre-workout tab. And then where it says like by ingredient, you could make sure that it had citrulline malate in there. So that's why I mentioned bodybuilding.com. Once you find a supplement that you're interested in, you want to look at the ingredient profile and you want to look at the ingredient profile, uh, make sure that it has ingredients in there that you're interested in. And then you want to look at the quantities as well. First of all, never buy a supplement that has a proprietary blend because they are just, they're just using you. They're just taking your money and fucking you in the ass because they they just don't care about you and your gains because they are not going to tell you how much of each ingredient there actually is. And so what they're probably doing is they're probably just using a bunch of fillers and then they're going to tell you like, oh yeah, this has citrulline malate, but it only has like a couple of grams, which we know from talking about it earlier, we want six to eight grams 
Or, oh yeah, there's like an energy and focused proprietary blend, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well, I wonder how much caffeine's in there. And there's like 150 milligrams of caffeine. And like, unless you're a smaller woman, 150 milligrams of caffeine's not even going to get you out, off the couch. That's probably less than you're consuming in coffee every single morning. So um, don't buy things that have a proprietary blend. Please, please, please. If you get nothing out of this podcast episode, please don't buy things with a proprietary blend. Now, from there, what I want you to do is I want you to go on examine.com. So examine.com is the best resource for all things fitness and nutrition and health and supplements. Uh, basically, they put together a really nice web page for every ingredient you could ever want to consume in a supplement. And the really nice thing that I've noticed about examine.com is that the top portion of the page for each ingredient is like very basic like anybody can understand it and as you start to scroll it starts to get a little bit more detailed you have to know like a, a thing or two to be able to understand it but generally speaking it's still useful information for most people and then as you scroll further and further you get into like super hard-hitting like sciencey detailed stuff uh, that makes nerds like me really excited because it talks about like individual studies and the efficacy of different studies and how powerful uh, the support is of different studies in as far as the relation of like different effects of the supplement and whatever. So, you know, for me, that stuff's really interesting for you. You might just want to know, like, how much do I need of this ingredient and what does it do for me and is it worth it? And you can figure all of that out in the first like few paragraphs on any page on examine.com. But then if you want to go a little bit deeper, you can scroll down and you can read a whole lot more. So examine is the best place to go. And so, you know, you take the supplement that you're interested in. You say, okay, this supplement says it has creatine. It has creatine in blank kind of uh, proportion or whatever and then you go and examine and examine tells you yeah creatine is an effective thing but you want to have it in this quantity and then you look back at the supplement and oh the quantity is coming up short and then you look at another ingredient and then you go and examine and examine tells you that that ingredient is crap and it's worthless and it doesn't do anything and so you're like okay well maybe i don't want to buy this supplement after all and then you move on to a new supplement and you just work until you can find a supplement that has quality ingredients in quality quantities and that might mean that you have to spend a little bit more money but i'm telling you that if you're gonna spend money on supplements at all you might as well get the ones that work right going back to the very beginning of this podcast it's it's like three to five percent of your overall goals so if you're gonna buy a half-assed supplement then you're only going to get what like one percent towards your goals like you might as well spend the extra five or ten bucks to get the quality ingredients in the right quantities that are going to give you that full three to five percent finally the last step of this process after you've gone uh, through examine and actually figured out yeah no i definitely want a supplement that has these ingredients or yeah i definitely want to go ahead and get a you know let's just say a fish oil supplement the last place that you should go is labdoor.com labdoor so this is like like labrador almost like labrador retriever so it's l-a-b like laboratory d-o-o-r door like the thing that you open to get in a room 
labdoor.com they do testing on supplements they have no bias whatsoever they don't make supplements or anything but they actually bring supplements into their lab and test them for the actual quality and to make sure that what a supplement says it has on its nutrition label it actually has and uh, basically it ranks different supplements by the type of supplement and it ranks it by like best value best overall uh, and just like overall efficiency and effectiveness and there's a lot of really good information on Labdoor so particularly for protein powders uh, for creatines for greens powders which I didn't talk about for multivitamins for fish oils I would definitely use Labdoor to make sure that you're getting something that actually has what it says it has and that has you know good effectiveness you're getting one that's a very high value aka it's a good effectiveness for the price that's how I bought uh, my Innovix Labs fish oil because I believe it was the number one highest value fish oil on Labdoor. It was like number 10 in effectiveness, but the top nine were like stupid expensive, but this was like a very reasonable price. Uh, so Innovix Labs, I think it's Innovix Labs. I know it's Innovix something, but their fish oil, I uh, definitely would recommend. It was like they claim on the bottle that it only has like 900 and something EPA DHA. And when Labdoor tested it, uh, they actually found that it had pretty close to exactly a gram. So they actually over-delivered on those supplements, which was really cool, uh, which is why I actually ended up buying it because I try to over-deliver in everything that I do. So I appreciate a supplement company that tries to do the same. Um, so those are the three steps. Find a supplement that you're interested in, then research the ingredients on examine.com. Or if you're interested in just taking a supplemental ingredient, like let's say you want to start using turmeric or something, because turmeric seems to be really popular right now for anti-inflammation. Anti wow, I've struggled with that word. This is a long podcast. I've been talking for a while. Uh, so if you wanted to start using turmeric, for example, you want to check out, examine, read what they have to say about turmeric, and then make an assessment as to whether or not you think it's worth it. And then finally, step three is using labdoor.com to actually check out the quality of the specific protein powder, fish oil, multivitamin, greens powder that you're buying. But that is it for this episode, guys. I really hope that this was helpful and is going to set you off on the right path as far as buying supplements. I really don't want you guys to have to go through the frustration of spending way too much money on supplements that don't work. And the last thing that I'll say is if I didn't talk about a specific supplement in this episode, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's worthless or that I would never recommend taking it, but it means that it's probably just not worth the money for most of you guys there's there's a couple of instances where there's other supplements that I would say yeah go ahead and take these but for 99% of you 99% of the time these are the only supplements that you need or that you would really want to spend the money on if you're buying a protein powder caffeine uh, creatine, a multivitamin, vitamin D, fish oil, and everything else that I talked about in this episode, you're going to be at or maybe even slightly above like around $100 a month on supplements already, which, you know, I think, again, for the vast majority of my listeners, that's about where you would want to cap spending money on supplements. Uh, because again, supplements are only going to make up 5%. So, 
you know, I don't think that you should be spending more than 5% of your monthly income on supplements. So why would you spend any more than like what is absolutely necessary? Uh, which I think hundred dollars is even a little bit insane, but you know, if it's for your health, if it's for your performance, it might be worth it to you. So again, I hope this episode was helpful. Uh, feel free to connect with me on Facebook or Instagram. If you have further questions about anything that I talked about on this episode, you can find me on Facebook. I am Nick Boletto or on Instagram at Nick underscore Boletto. And that's it for this episode, guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy the rest of your Monday.